going to go on the assertion that God is the creator. In further recordings in the future, we'll talk about how we know God is real, if God is real, if is there one God, is it a man or a woman, all those things. But right now, on the assertion for you already found out God is real, you've made contact with God, things of that nature, we're going to talk about following God because this is the purpose of every individual's life is finding out why you're here and fulfilling that purpose of why you're here. There's nothing else that's more important than that. And doing something consistently and being good at it does not mean you've achieved the purpose of why you are here. For instance, you may be called or purposed to be a professional sports player, let's say football or baseball. Let's say your purpose is to play baseball well. Well, because of that, you might be very good at personal training as well. But if you only do personal training and train others to play baseball, that doesn't mean you did what you were here to do because you may have been here to actually play baseball. Somebody may have been inspired by you playing or you may have met someone that uh, ended up needing you or you needed them. Um, And being in that spot and in that place is the ideal position for your life. It's the same thing as you could use a bottle. We've seen it in film. You could break a bottle and use it as a weapon. But that's not its original purpose. Does it serve a purpose as a weapon? Yes, but that purpose is very limited. It's not going to be as effective as something else in that regard. And also, it's going to be a better bottle than it is a weapon, arguably, right? This purpose was to be a bottle. Its purpose was for it to hold liquid. Once you crack it, it's used for something else. It is effective. It can work. It will have impact, but it will not do what it was purposed to do. Now, with a bottle, it may live without regrets because it's not even alive in the first place. It's inanimate. But your life... You have regrets, you have drive, you have something on the inside letting you know that you're here for a reason. That's the difference in you and the bottle. The bottle can get away with failing at reaching its purpose. You cannot. So let's talk about this. So I've been reading a book called Following God's Plan for Your Life by Kenneth E. Hagan. I don't even remember how I came across this book. But I believe I was just passing it by in the store and I had no intention of reading it or getting it, but it stuck out to me. And maybe it's because I needed this at this time. Now, before we get started reading, let me stop off long enough to tell you that this is very important. You know, a lot of other things that are happening in life are due to being out of place as far as your purpose is concerned. So your argument with your wife. You may feel like or perceive that the argument is over money, but really the argument is happening because you're not in the right position that you're supposed to be in in life. And maybe your kids are being affected by it, or maybe your money is being affected by it, or maybe your thought life or your condition is being affected by it because the decisions you made up to this point, the things you've been saying up to this point, the things you've been believing up to this point is the reason you are where you are now. And the same for me. However, it does not need to remain that way. So this is critical. Now let's take a look at this preface. 
So it says, we live in a day when we don't have time to play church or to fool around with the devil's games in our lives. The last days are upon us. The end of all things is at hand. Critical years lie ahead of us, for there is a great work to be done and a great harvest of souls to be reaped. Never has it been so important for us to be free from all that has bound us in the past. Never has it been so crucial for us to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading and for each of us to follow God's plan for our lives. It's time to shape up, friends. It's time to get serious about serving God and to be everything God wants us to be. As you walk in obedience to God, your past failures and shortcomings, which have hindered you from walking in the spirit, won't be able to keep what the Lord has ordained for you from coming to pass. Let me say that again. As you walk in obedience to God, your past failures and shortcomings, which have hindered you from walking in the spirit, won't be able to keep what the Lord has ordained for you from coming to pass. If you do your part by preparing and obeying, all the carnal plans, plans of man, man and, and all, all the, the demons, demons in hell, in hell won't keep, keep his, his plan, plan from coming from to pass. Nothing will be able to detract or offset what God has proclaimed for your life. That is a powerful statement. And I believe it's true. I believe that we're in a day now where we don't have a clear leader. And because of that, especially the leaders we do have, I should add that the leaders we do have seem to need leaders themselves. They seem to just be doing something, but they're in the leadership position. And I think that's why a lot of individuals in that position are trying to take off the title of role model. They want to argue that they don't believe they are role models and really because they don't really have the capacity to be a role model at this time. They're still trying to find out who they are and they may have been rushed into stardom. So having known this and having seen that maybe in your life, you do see that it's crucial that you find out what you're called to do, find out why you're here. Well, I want to, first of all, look at some individuals in the word of God. I believe the word of God is true. So that's going to make a big difference on if you listen to the rest of this or not. If you believe the word of God is true, then this is going to be great for you. If you believe that, well, et cetera, et cetera, I don't know about all that, then this is going to be difficult for you to digest. However, it's still true. And we'll talk about that in further recordings, but let's stay with the premise that the word of God is so. Now, let's talk about an individual named Enoch. Now, Enoch was an expert at following God and God in his word wants us to know early. The Enoch was like this, that Enoch was an individual who followed God. I mean, Enoch is mentioned in Genesis chapter five. So looking at Genesis chapter five, Enoch is mentioned in the fifth book in all of the books of the Bible. I mean, that's pretty early. So as they're talking about the genealogy of Adam, uh, the first man, they get to talking about Enoch. This is during a time where people were uh, living a lot longer uh, for many reasons that we won't get into right now. But let's just look at this as it says. It's in Genesis chapter five, verse 18. It says, and Jared lived in 162 years and he begat Enoch. 
Jared lived after he begat Enoch 800 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were 962 years and he died. So he lived to be 962. And it's actually, if you look at the the chronology of Enoch's life and all of the descendants of Adam down to Enoch and right to his son, his father and his son were the two people that lived the longest as the, of, of the people who are recorded. His father and his son lived the longest, those two. Now, it says here, and all the days of Jared were 962 years he died. Now, it's talking about Enoch. Verse 21, and Enoch lived 60 and five years and begat or birthed Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years. So he was 65 years. And there's something to note here. He lived 65 years. He, and then he had a child. Now, after he had Methuselah, it says Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. So he had other children. But it seems like the point they're making here is he didn't really follow God until after he had Methuselah. Before that, who knows what he was doing? He was living his own life. He was following, you know, whatever was popular. Maybe he was just going through the motions. Maybe he was following God, but from a distance. We're going to look at some of that, too. But he made a decision to follow God. So he followed God for 300 years. And, I mean, it's challenging sometimes to follow God for a day, <laughs> let alone 300 years. But he did it. And I think that's why in the only book given to man by God, and of course, that's something we could talk about in another time as well. But the only book given to man by God, it's mentioned here that this person walked with God for 300 years. It doesn't have that quality about anybody else. Now, Enoch walked with God. Now, look at verse 24 or look at verse 23. And all the days of Enoch were 360, 300 60 and five years. So 365 years, interesting number. That's how long he lived altogether. Up till 65, he was not following God from what it shows. Doesn't show us evidence that he was, but it does say that after he had Methuselah, he followed God for 300 years. Enoch walked with God and it says he was not for God took him. Now looking at the word God, this is the word used for uh, God in the Old Testament at the beginning is Elohim. And it's God's in the ordinary sense, but specifically used of the supreme God, talking about God of heaven, the only God, the true God, Jehovah God. Um, and then it says God took him. Now, to take, it means that he transferred him over. So pretty much this is saying that Enoch did not die. Enoch was taken to heaven. He didn't see death this early in the game after Death has been pretty much pronounced and sentenced on all mankind for turning away from God. So Methuselah lived 187 years and begat Lamech. So they keep on going on. But it says Methuselah lived after he begat Lamech 780 and two years and begat sons and daughters. Now look how long Methuselah lived. I remember Enoch's dad lived 900 and 62 years. Jared lived 962 years, but it says in verse 
27 and all the days of Methuselah were 969 years and he died so 969 years Enoch's son actually outlived his dad this his uh yeah Enoch's dad so what is this all to say Enoch walked with God he followed after God he followed after God so consistently he got blessed by God he somehow surpassed the demand that's been put on mankind that you have to die that's a big deal. Enoch, and, and to God, because he followed God so closely, was able to get to some level where he could just slip over. Looking at Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about Enoch. Hebrews chapter 11, some call it a faith hall of fame. It goes through all these individuals who made these great leaps of uh, success for God, pretty much. All these individuals who did things by faith that were tremendous. Now it says here about Enoch in verse 5. Let's start with verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand. Now that's an overview of the whole chapter. By it the elders obtained a good report. Here's the report. Through faith, the elders, this is talking about God, he's part of these elders. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Verse 4, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. And did you know you can give a more excellent sacrifice to somebody else? Somebody else can give a sacrifice. But did you know God may not regard it as high as someone else because of the way they're doing it? That's another story, though. Now, here's verse 5. Uh, Hebrews 11, verse 5, same as Genesis chapter 5, as far as referencing Enoch. It says, by faith, Enoch was translated. Now, before it said God took him. But this is saying what happened to Enoch. He was translated. That means to transfer or transport or to change sides, to carry over. So if you translate a language, you're saying something in, let's say, English is being translated over to Mandarin. Then you're in one language. Now you're in another. If you're in one language, you are familiar to that language you are bound by the limits of that language but now you switched over and now you're translating into another language like i can't translate english with english unless i'm uh, explaining a word but i can't translate the word so that means you're in a completely different place so he's translated that he should not see death because if you stay here you're gonna see death that's pretty much a fact but he was translated that he should not see death and was not found. Now, he didn't even see it. That's interesting that he didn't even see it. It's not that he just didn't die. He didn't even see death. He was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. He pleased God. So his testimony was that he pleased God. Now, watch God. You may say, well, I want to please God. How do I do that? The next verse, because God knows 
that individuals who really want to follow him are going to ask the question, well, how do I be like that? How do I be like Enoch? How do I not see death? How do I not see death in my life? How do I not see death in my home? How do I have the same results? Because God is bold. He's not like everybody else in the world. A lot of people would shy away from this topic. Oh, you're just going to have to die. Well, yeah, that's that's very much fact. That's pretty much what it's saying here. But he was translated so you wouldn't have to die. So this is giving you something that faith can accomplish. The Bible says you'll live out the number of your days. It does not say that you're going to have to go by the way of death because there's a whole belief of by Christians and by those who follow God that believe what they see in Revelations and what they see in Thessalonians and other books of the Bible that at the end of the period when Jesus returns for his church that they're going to be raptured up and they're not going to see death. They're going to be changed. They're going to be translated. They're not going to go lay in the grave and God's going to pick them up from there. It does talk about people being risen from the dead, but that those who are alive will be caught away. They will not see death as well. So there's no reason this topic because, and it's not that the goal is to not see death, but this is a benefit of following God. Now, God's talking about following his plan for your life. God's talking about following him, not some idea that you've hatched, not some version that you have of your own. We're going to talk about that, too. We're talking about following God's plan in his way. Too many times we think we mastermind some plan that hey, it's sure to work this time. It's not going to be like last time. If you don't have God involved, it's going to be like last time. Because you don't have God involved again. You have to do it God's way. We have to do it God's way. The Bible is about individuals who followed God, not people who tried it. Th th those aren't the victory uh, having people, the ones who follow God their own way. The ones that are mentioned in the word of God that had success God's way, follow God. There, wasn't, there weren't people that had success in God's point of view or real success that did not follow God. They may have had success down here. There are some stories about that. People were really successful. They were rulers. They were kings. They could have anything they wanted. They had power even over other believers because the believers didn't do what they were supposed to do. Maybe they weren't following God completely, or maybe they were, but there was a season where the other rulers had power over them and the rulers were wicked. But overall, anyone who follows God wins. So even if it's a battle lost or a battle that seems to be lost on the way to victory, the ones who have the impact in their life to follow God, the impact in their life that I'm going to do what God wants me to do, and they do their decisions that way, they're going to win in life. Now, let's get back to this Enoch thing. By faith, Enoch was translated. That's important. This is showing how he did it. This is showing what happened. Look at verse six it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Now, look at what it said in the verse before for before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. After that, it says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. Pretty much please him for he that cometh to God or would follow God must believe that he is. So you can't come to God doubting. Well, you know, I don't know if you're out there. God will help people who really sincerely want to know him, but they have some doubts, but 
you have to believe that he is so that you can't believe that God is going to do something that he didn't say he would do. For instance, you can't come to God saying, well, you know, I want to believe that you are real, but I don't believe it. I mean, you wouldn't even come to God really like that. Right. So this is kind of giving you a formula on if you're coming to God, come all the way. Don't have doubts. Don't go to God thinking that you're going to do it your way and that you're going to muscle him into something. You have to have faith. So the Bible says that you can't please him without faith. If you're doubting him that, you know, I don't really think that you're who you say you are. You know, I, I know you're saying in the Bible that, you know, you love me, but I don't really feel like you do going by your feelings versus what is actually written in front of your eyes can get us in trouble. So look for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of him of them that diligently seek him. So God will reward them that diligently seek him. Now, not just seek him, diligently seek him. Diligently. In the original translation, that word diligently seek, it says to search out, to investigate, or to crave or demand to crave and demand, to worship, to inquire and seek after, to seek out and search for. And here's the issue with a lot of individuals. And this is why we're not following God as a human race in general terms. We want to follow God, but we want to do it our way. We want to kind of be lazy. We want to kind of not, we want to don't want to seek him. We, you know, if he's real, have him come talk to me. Like, who do you think you are? <laughs> he's God. All right. You need him. You don't know. You don't know what's next. You don't know why things are happening the way they are. You can't make yourself live forever. You don't have the power to do those things. You can't make yourself avoid every catastrophe, but he can. He can help you. He can get you out of the situation that may be daunting or overpowering you or feel like it's too much, but you don't have the power for that. So instead of being over here saying, well, if God wants to have me follow him, then he'll come get me. No, he's not your errand boy. He is God almighty. And we ought to have some reverence. And just because really just like a child should have reverence for his own parents, you know, without your parents, you wouldn't even really be here and whatever life you're living. I mean, thank God, at least you have one that you can turn around or at least you have one to talk about. But a lot of people wish they were alive and they weren't. So that's our time for today. Next time, more about this is the this is the reward about following God. But next time we're going to talk about the part of not following God and what happens there. 